Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhin astafa. Khususan ala sayyidi rusuli wa khatimil anbiya wa ala alihi laskiya wa ashabihi latqiya amma ba'd. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us in a hadith as narrated by Imam Ahmad rahimahullahu ta'ala and also by Imam Ibn Majah and others. If you were to rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way he deserved to be relied on, if you had tawakkul on Allah the way it was due upon you, he would surely sustain you and provide for you. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to the companions, Do you not see the bird? That in the morning it leaves its nest hungry. It doesn't have a job, doesn't have a contract. There's no one place where it's going to work, where there is some sort of security there. It's hungry and it relies on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and leaves its nest. It leaves behind its babies. And throughout the day it searches and searches, finds a worm here, a little scrap here, a little something there. It leaves hungry every morning. But when it returns by evening, it is satisfied. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken care of that bird. This example is beautiful of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam to explain to us what it means to have tawakkul, to rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah azawajal will take care of me. My intention is pure. I believe in Him. I'm willing to put in the hard work. The end result, no matter how difficult today may be, the end result will always be in my favor. This trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is called tawakkul. Something that's spoken of in the Qur'an again and again. This example Rasulullah gave of the bird that leaves its nest early in the morning, hungry and then returns in the evening, it's one to learn a lesson from and that is that reliance on Allah does not mean abandoning the means to attain your goal. The bird didn't stay in its nest all day. The Prophet starts off by saying, that it leaves in the morning hungry. It goes to search for its risk. A part of reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to do your part. Where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told the individual, اِعْقِلْهَا وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ That first tie your camel and then rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a result of a deep trust that exists. It's a trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always offered. He's always given us everything that we can ask for and more. But unfortunately, from our perspective, there is too much skepticism. And if you were to go to the core of one of the reasons why people are so distant from the Masajid Islam and maybe even their own salah, is because at some point in their heart, they don't trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They feel anger towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wala hawla wala illa billah. They feel betrayed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wala hawla wala illa billah. Why is that? 
Because through their life, they went through so much difficulty and they kept saying, Ya Allah, where were you? Ya Allah, where were you when I needed you the most? This is a very intricate point because in reality, if you don't understand this issue properly, then it will truly break whatever iman you have left. It'll crush it into pieces. The first thing that you have to understand, every human being has a perspective. There is a perspective that a believer has, someone who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is a perspective that a capitalist has. There is a perspective a secularist has. And there's a perspective that an atheist has. Anyone that says to you that I am truly objective and I have no bias is lying. Everyone reads the world through a lens. There is a, there is a filter that they're seeing the world through, that they're interacting with the world through. From the secularist, capitalist, materialist, atheist perspective, that if today isn't good, if I'm not enjoying the material world I'm in right now, I'm not a happy person. This is bad. From the theistic perspective, from the perspective of Iman, today doesn't matter, what matters is tomorrow. What matters is the day of judgment. What matters is what happens at the end. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَالْعَاقِبَةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ This is what the Quran says. وَالْعَاقِبَةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ The end of all affairs will always be in the favor of those who are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The person who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understands that the trials that I have in my life are an opportunity gifted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for me to strive. Every sajda in my life, every tilawa that I do, every dhikr that I do, it is to prepare me for the moment that Allah tests me in my life. Because that's when those waswasas will come at full speed. When someone loses a family member, when they lose a job, when they become very sick, poorly, and the doctors may even say that we have no hope left for you. It's in moments like that that a person turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We learn from the story of Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. What it means to be righteous and still find yourself in a, sticky, in a sticky situation. What does it mean to not give up on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while sitting there? Yusuf alayhi salam, at that point when he was sent to prison, had no idea that this was the path to save millions of people from famine in Egypt. But it had to be through this path because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destined for it to be through this path. Through this journey, he meets someone who then has connections with the king and later on filters him out of the prison system. After he purifies any guilt against him, he then serves one of the greatest roles in the history of that region. And one may even say in the history of humanity, saved hundreds of thousands of lives of people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives every person an opportunity to grow. As a poet once said while giving this example, that the bird that flies at high altitudes it faces the thrust of the wind. And in that moment, it chooses to lower its beak, to give up, or to raise its beak. A small gesture of just going a little down or a little up will lead it to two different paths. When difficulty comes upon you, you can either abandon the love of Allah and say, you know what, I'm done with this love, Ya Allah, you keep your love, I'm out of here. This doesn't harm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way at all. Because your worship does not benefit Allah in any way. Just because it doesn't benefit Allah doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Your father, you know, when you give him $5 from your first paycheck, it doesn't benefit him. He's not going to become wealthy by you giving him $5 from your first paycheck. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. 
Of course you should. You should continue to give money to your parents. It's not going to make them millionaires, but it's the right thing to do because they've been so kind to you. You should show your gratitude through your actions. And the same thing goes here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need our ibadah. Does that mean we stop worshiping him? No. This is the bare minimum that we can do to show our gratitude to Allah From the Muslim's perspective, when we are being tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are being given an opportunity. And that opportunity is to prove our loyalty. It's an opportunity to be strong and continue to rely on Allah and prove to Allah, Ya Allah, I'm not only here to love you when things are going great and it's one of the odd nights of Ramadan. I'm here to love you for life. I'm willing to change my life for you, Ya Allah. I mean it, I need this, I want your muhabba, I want Jannah. And no matter what you throw at me, that's why through history you will find the greatest men and women were those who persevered in the time and face of difficulty. How have we not forgotten the story of Bilal until today? How have we not forgotten it? It's because of his struggle. He was identified by his love for Rasulullah through thick and thin. There was a movie that came out about Bilal not too long ago. He was playing in the theaters. My kids insisted on seeing it. So afterwards I said to them that this was a story of someone, maybe his name was Bilal, it wasn't our Bilal It wasn't our Bilal. And the reason is because in the whole story they forgot to mention one key part of Bilal life. And I say this with so much adab and ihtiram, with so much adab and ihtiram, with so much adab and ihtiram that without this one point, we would not know who Bilal was. They forgot to mention in the movie Rasulullah we don't know a Bilal without the Prophet of Allah. We know Bilal an because of Rasulullah Bilal an knew himself because of the Prophet On his deathbed, who is he thinking of? Rasulullah His wife is saying that, oh, what a horrible day. He says, today's not a horrible day, today's a great day. I've been waiting for this day since the day the Prophet passed. Tomorrow I will be with the Prophet. Tomorrow I'll be with the companions. It was a man's struggle. I see that people that are tested in life fall into one of three categories. This is a base observation. There are those people that when they face challenge in life, when Allah tests them, they're very impatient, they get very angry and they complain against Allah and they, they become very disrespectful. Who are you to do this to me? Why are you doing this to me? I don't believe in you anymore. These are very impatient people and unfortunately, as far as their spirituality goes, they're in their true infancy. Like a child whose parent refrains from giving them candy or, 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 or um, letting them watch TV for an unlimited number of hours. The child gets angry and starts throwing things. So why are you doing this to me, mom? You hate me, daddy, you hate me. And the parents continue their course of action because they say the child will one day grow into maturity and will understand the wisdom behind what's happening. The insan is still making these same claims at the age of 70. When do we change? When do we progress? Is there no hikmah? No wisdom? Is there no usage of this aql? Is there no observation? Are there no lessons in life? How many examples should we cite? How many Quranic verses would you like to study together? Open up Surah Al-Duha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches the same lesson to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He teaches the Prophet of Allah, you are a survivor 
ألم يجدك يتيما فآوى ووجدك ضالا فهدى ووجدك عائلا فأغنى الله helped you, helped you, helped you and I ask this question to everyone who can hear my voice today if you are facing a test today in your life tell me have you not been tested before in the last 20-30 years of your life and everyone will say yes if you're honest and I ask you then did Allah not get you through those tests and everyone will say yes we moved on from them the Allah that helped you yesterday, will He not help you today? Just patience. You have to be patient. And know that that's where your reward is. So that first group of people, they're just angry every time they get tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Part of it is due to bad companionship and too much TV they're watching where in, you know, on, on television, this is like the common rhetoric, right? That when someone experiences something bad, the, 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 their statement is, God, why are you doing this to me? So now that garbage is fed into our minds. That this is what you say when you face difficulty. Go read the, uh, the example of the Sahaba. And when they were tested, their statement was not, God, why did you do this to me? Their statement was, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raj. Alladheena idha asabatum musiba qalu inna lillah. That to Allah we belong, to Him we return. What that means is, whatever Allah is putting, through in this, putting me through in this moment, He has every right to do so. I'm just going to be patient here. The second group of people are those, and these are the patient people, that when they are tested, they're not angry. And they understand the importance of patience, so they hunker down, and they are patient in that moment. They don't say anything, they just push through whatever it is that's happening in life. But then there is that third group of people. Allah make us from them, inshaAllah. This group of people, when they are tested by Allah, not only do they exercise mahabba, or sabr, sorry, they actually experience a moment of joy and happiness because they know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is directing His mercy to them by putting them in small difficulties in the world to expiate every blemish they have in the hereafter. They understand in that moment that while Allah is testing you right now, I'm not going to be comfortable for the next few hours, days, months, but I know that Allah loves me. I believe in Him. I've always relied on Him. Which means I'm gonna come out of this, whether it's a divorce or whether whatever it is. And as long as I have Allah with me, no matter whatever I come out on the other side as, I will be a better person because I went through this difficulty with Allah. Like that person, like that bird that lifted its beak when the wind came to it. It didn't lower its beak, it lifted it. So now it continues to elevate. Spiritual growth that happens through your own ibadah is gradual and slow. If I were to draw a chart of someone who if I were to draw a chart of a person's spiritual growth through their own ibadah, through their salah, their dhikr, it would be small, like incremental growth. But if I were to draw the same chart of a person's growth at the time of difficulty, it would just be a straight line upwards. You go from here, straight up, you shoot through the stars. But not everyone has the strength to do that. Not everyone has that tawakkul. And this is what we're telling people, this is what the lesson is today that you have to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have every right to trust Him because He is your Rabb. He created you. Today the ayat that we read were exactly that. That you're Allah to care of you. He's always taking care of you. Why are you walking away from Allah now? Because some silly TV show told you to? Because someone, some college professor told you God doesn't exist anymore? Because someone taught you to blame all your problems on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and walk away, so you're gonna go behind them in line and start doing the same garbage that they're doing? This relationship is special. The one between you and your Allah. It's one that you know. 
He's always been there and will always be there even in your grave and in the hereafter. Your Allah is not going anywhere. As for the secularists of today, the atheists of today, one by one they will leave this dunya. And they will be called on the Day of Judgment and Allah will say to them, bring forward your gods. Go and find them. Go and follow them. And unfortunately they will find their leaders in the fire of hell and that will be their abode as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Everyone sees the world through a perspective. Every day when we stand in salah, when we say Allahu Akbar, we are building our perspective. The Fatiha that we read, it's about tawakkul. It's about tawakkul. The most sort of like, you know, Surah Fatiha has how many ayat? Anyone know? Seven. What's the middle ayah? I know there's ikhtilaf here based off whether Bismillah is a part of it or not, so don't, please, patient. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. Three statements of praise to Allah. Then comes the claim of the human being, and then the dua till the end. The claim, what's that claim that we make in Salah? Which is the crux of the Fatiha. The praise, the claim, the dua. What's the claim that we make every day? Tell me. That's the claim we make in front of Allah every day. You alone we worship, you alone we will ever ask help from. The essence of tawakkul. Ya Allah, it's you. The person who says, now no longer believes in that Allah. On one side, Allah is putting this person through challenges and tests in life to give them experience, to help them grow. When one person goes through divorce, they wonder, why am I going through divorce? Later on, they grow in life and they develop in life and then someone else comes who's going through divorce and that person says, let me coach you, I know how to get through this. That person's been through it. The hikmah is there, the wisdom is there, the experience is there. La hakima illa du tajriba. A wise person is who? The one that has experience. A person can tell you, I've done weightlifting and I've gone through the pain of it, let me tell you how it's done. This is my tajriba. Human beings rely on each other's experiences. So on one side, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showering His mercy by giving us all the different opportunities of life and different scenarios of life where we grow in, where we become better versions of ourselves. And on the other hand, that's what Allah is doing. But our reading of that script is, Allah is oppressing me. Going back to that child's example, the parent isn't giving the candy, why? Out of mercy, out of compassion, that I don't want my child to grow up at 13 not being able to run for five minutes. I want a healthy, strong, soldier-like child who can take care of himself and run the world if he wants to or she wants to. But from the child's perspective, the narrative is what? My mom and dad are miserable human beings. They're just missing each other. So close, yet so far. One Urdu poet, he captures this in a line of poetry. He says, Hum dua likhte rahe, tum daga I was writing that I was praying for you. You kept reading that I was betraying you. Now, the word dua in, Ar in Urdu is dal ayn alif, and daga is dal ghayn alif. The only difference between these two words is one dot. So he says, Ham dua rahe. I was writing that I was praying for you. Tum daga rahe. You kept reading that I was betraying you. Ek nukte ne muhrim ko mujrim kar diya. Again, one dot difference between muhrim and mujrim. One dot turned a person that was seeking mercy into a criminal. 
I was being kind to you, you kept misreading it. Allah is saying that I was giving you opportunity, I was elevating you. I wanted you to be in a place in Jannah that even you couldn't imagine. And you kept misreading the letters. Why didn't you just read the world through my Qur'an? I sent you a lens to see it through. You left the Qur'an and you went and read the world through everyone else's story. Did you think your Allah would change? Ya ayyuhal insan, ma gharraka bi rabbikal kareem. O insan, what took you away from me? What took you away? We must let go of these negative emotions. These are walls between us and our growth. Tawakkul is where it is that you must be reliant on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be patient in your reliance on Allah that my Allah will never abandon me. Find a couple that have been married for 50 years, 60 years who have had a healthy relationship, not a garbage one, a healthy relationship. And if someone went and told the wife that your husband said that you're a miserable human, the wife will say, I don't believe it. You're lying. I know him. He's been kind to me his entire life. He would never use foul words like this about me. Because we have a good, healthy relationship. Someone says to you, your Allah has abandoned you. Your answer should be what? I don't believe it. My Allah is too kind to me to abandon me. Whether good or difficult, my Allah is with me. And He will always be by my side. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who have tawakkul. I will end with the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said on the day of judgment, 70,000 people will be granted Jannah without any accountability at all. بغير حساب Allah will just let them go. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa quantified them and he listed categories of people. And then at the end of that riwayah he said, وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And they are reliant on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't believe by someone writing something and hanging it across their neck that they're going to be cured. They don't believe that because the slipper was upside down that their day is going to be bad or because a cat crossed the street or because, what is it, Groundhog's Day? Right? The Western enlightened world is still caught in superstition. Right? They rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma ja'alna min al-mutawakkilin. Allah, make us from those who rely on you. Ya Allah, we desire it. Ya Allah, give it to us. Bring our hearts to you, fill it with your reliance, Ya Allah, and never allow us to turn to anyone else. Our claim in salah, and tonight our claim is, Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'een. Allahumma'inna wa ansurna wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa